your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. We want to, well, we debate, as you know, from time to time, uh, the influence of the Catholic Church in our society historically and today. And lots of you have different views on different aspects. Do you think priests should be allowed to get married? I do, yes. Because I think that, um, you know, if people have problems, marriage problems or children's problems, at least the priest knows exactly what they're talking about. No, I don't. Why? Well... I know him to be priests of God on the altar. I don't think, uh, I don't think I'd go to a married priest for confession. <laughs> <laughs> yes, why not? It's a stupid rule that they're, not, they're disallowed from from being married. They're just ordinary males like everybody else. Why shouldn't they be allowed? Great married lay people out there. And they have a great lot to deal to offer to the church. Why not? Do you think women um, should be allowed ordained as priests? Not particularly. No, I have no reason. reason. Why? I just don't know. Yes, they should. Why not? They've done everything else in the country. Could you even run in it? No. Why? The woman's job is in the house. Yes, they should, uh, for a similar reason. And there are some brilliant women who would have made some great priests, great lay people in the church, and, and their views are being largely ignored. I don't see why not. I mean, once they're doing the job right, that's what's important, really, whether they're married or not, or whether they're a woman or not. It's actually the content of the work they do and, and what good they can do that's important. Should uh, married men be... And I'd be ordained. Absolutely. Because I actually knew a man that um, his wife died and he was ordained and met a very good priest and was very popular amongst his parishioners and all that. Uh, what do you think about the church's stance on homosexuality? Um, well, it's up to people, whoever they want to be with, and, you know, whether they want to be with men or women, that's up to themselves. You have to allow them. I mean, you, what, they're, they're people the same as us. What's the church's problem? Well, I mean, people are born with certain tendencies and you cannot force them into kind of, uh, we're all in the same mould. So you have to accept where a person is at and, and, and kind of going against that, I don't think, is natural either. So. Oh, I don't agree with homosexuality at all. Myself, I don't agree with it at all. There are a variety of views there from uh, listeners in Limerick and uh, the latest is that Pope Francis has suggested the church could bless same-sex couples. The idea has been met with resistance by some conservative cardinals across the globe who asked the Pope for his stance in a set of formal questions. Is the Pope's reply a signal of change in the church's teachings? And Father Roy Donovan, who's in Cahirconlish, is uh, on the line uh, now. Good morning to you, Roy. How are you doing? Uh, uh, likewise, Joe. Very well. So what do you make of what's been happening here? You know, church politics seems like a very complicated thing. It certainly does. I suppose you'd have to say from the outset that since um, Francis um, has arrived on the, the world stage, that he has continually opened up the church in many, many areas uh, to, to advancing, I suppose, a broadening uh, perspectives on everything, really. And um, and he's been doing that with um, LGBTQ, with gay people, uh, continually. You know, he's done this all the time. So this is not something out of the blue. Um, what those cardinals, of course, they want is something like what some of your speakers were saying, are saying, you know, they want black and white 
it's a black and white position. It's either yes or no. And they wanted it definitely uh, that, that same-sex couples being blessed and, and being accepted as um, equals. They want a definite no to that. And Pope Francis, I suppose, with, with, with um, his replies to them, he's just trying to keep the door open on everything, uh, uh, you could say, so that there can be a broad discussion, there can be great openness by everyone at this coming synod, which starts today in Rome. Um, so he has to be admired for, as you say, politics and the church is very uh, complicated. Um, he seems to understand that and very cleverly um, is just keeping everything open enough so that people can at the synod um, have have uh, be very open about it. Yeah, I mean, he seemed when he came into the job to have himself a background of pragmatism, uh, you know, South American church, maybe slightly different approach there. But it slowed down a bit. It feels like there was an attempt to capture him by the civil service, let's call it, of the Catholic Church in Rome. And definitely, um, there's a kind of a, you could say it's almost like a ladder and snake approach. Uh, you're going up a ladder with Pope Francis every time, and then he br- they bring him down a snake. <laughs> and But he keeps on building ladders and keeps on... And he doesn't, you know, like the um, Belgium bishops have come out with openly uh, blessing um, same-sex couples. Um, the clergy, many clergy in Germany are doing it, and he hasn't um, come down the heavy on them. And and also it has been noted that, um, you know, the, the gay theologian and priest James Allison there um, about four years ago, I think he actually phoned him and gave him the power of the keys, as it were. And he, he did the same with the woman who founded the New Ways Ministries for Gay People, Sister Jeanne Gramic. He, he wrote to her, encouraging her and affirming her in her work. So, And he's also supported civil unions um, several times So, uh, among gay people. Of course, the big question, and, and this is the big question, um, is... Can can they all go further at the Senate and say that everyone is absolutely equal? It's it's a question of human rights. Yeah, the Senate within, is, uh, within the church. The Senate is an important um, meeting, isn't it? It, it? it is, and it's it's a kind of a a meeting which again um, he has put a kind of a, an omerta on. The conversations there, because he, he, which I think is maybe not good, because there should be more transparency. But he wants to avoid this uh, kind of left-right um, way of going about things. He wants what he calls discernment to listen more. He wants people to listen to each other more, listen more deeply, and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So he's he's all the time just trying to keep. Um, an advanced openness um, around all these um, areas, you know. Uh, same with women. And, um, you know, he, he has, a, again, a kind of a, a ladder and snake approach as well there. And, um, um, we're chatting to Father Roy Donovan of Car Conlish, and also on the line we have Father Tony Flannery. And, uh, Tony, uh, good morning to you. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, very well, Joe. Good morning to you and to Roy also. 
Now, we know from this Tony. show and people would be well aware that uh, you uh, have had your own issues with the hierarchy of the Catholic <laughs> Church over the years. We're not going to get into that specifically. But on this issue, what do you think is going on? Well, it's really, really interesting, uh, Joe. <clears throat> what Francis is trying to do is something a good bit more fundamental than any of the issues around, say, who will be ordained or LGBT, and uh, they're all important. But Francis has a deeper agenda. He's trying to change the way in which the church exercises authority. Now, and he's, he's gone back to the Vatican Council of the 1960s, and two big notions in that, the notion that, that we're all the people of God. So the equality of all, as Roy mentioned, and that the fundamental sacrament is not ordination, it's baptism. So because of our baptism, we all share in the priestly ministry, as they call it. <clears throat> so he's really trying to, to model a whole new way of the church operating. And that's a big, big task. And God, I think, is wonderful to even attempt it. And it's a pity he's so old. But he's, I know he's in a wheelchair and that, but his mind is as clear as could be. And he's very clear on his agenda. And he's, he's very courageous. Yeah, but but do, does it feel to you, though, as uh, if you know, more conservative elements of the Catholic Church are frankly, in essence, trying to wait it out on this papacy and see if they can get somebody that they would be more in agreement with in the next time? Oh, yeah, there's certainly a factor of that going on. But Francis, again, uh, he's clearly a very spiritual man, but he's also a politician. And at this stage, I think it's 75% of those who will be voting for the next pope have been made cardinals by Francis. And Francis has been very careful in who he has chosen. So to some extent, in the best political sense, he's packed the constituency with his own supporters. Um, There was a priest on The Tonight Show uh, on Virgin Media last night and he made the interesting observation that he has blessed all sorts of things in his time, you know, including, as he said, inanimate objects. I think he mentioned houses and barns and all sorts. And and yet he's excluded from blessing a same-sex couple. That's right, yes. I, I saw that program and I saw Joe. Uh, and he was perfectly right there. Of course, we've all blessed all sorts of things. But what Francis suggested there in that particular issue opens the whole thing up. The fact that he mentioned that uh, homosexual couples can be blessed by the church. Now, th- that that's there'll be no further really opposition to blessing homosexual couples after that. Francis has opened that door. But he also said a very interesting thing in that statement. He said that the question of women's ordination, which of course his predecessor John Paul said it was finished, we can't even talk about it. Francis said it needs more study. Now again, that's a fascinating statement. Uh, you see, he's all the time trying to balance. He doesn't want to be seen to attack 
what previous popes have said, but at the same time, as Roy said, he's constantly opening the door. Yeah. Father Roy, I mean, for anybody 35 and under, does yes. this all sound a bit barmy? It sounds as if we're in the in in the, the dark ages or the or back in <laughs> medieval times. The the church's teaching um, on um, gay people, you know, what has I'm not even going to repeat what I has said because I would I, I just find it um, it hurts uh, so deeply. I, I can't even use the phrases. Uh, the bad phrases that they have framed uh, gay people in. So th- this has hurt so many people. And um, and again, you know, as Tony said, he's keeping this openness. And I think I, I think uh, young people probably are catching that, that 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 enormous openness. And especially for young people, I would say, you, you know, where so many countries in in different parts of the world treat um, gay people. Um, as criminals, and um, you know that that th- th- the Catholic Church's teaching is adding to that in many ways, and, and probably young people see that. And um, unless the Catholic Church comes out very clearly and says everybody is equal, I'm the same as you, you're the same as me, uh, you might have a different body to me, but we're all absolutely equal. But does that go as far as? what is in the church, the sacrament of marriage? I think it has to go that way. But again, I suppose with Pope Francis' approach, is going to be gradual. Because, I mean, the sacrament is saying, sacrament of marriage is saying, you know, when you see how much this couple love each other, that is, um, gives us a sign of how much God loves us. So the same couple can have just equal love for each other as um, any other couple. So everyone is equal. And that's why the Catholic Church is going to have to practice um, human rights completely rather than preaching to other people about it. Okay. Stay with us, both of you, Father Roy Donovan and Father Tony Flannery, and we have some others to join the debate after this. We'd like to hear your views as well. You can leave us a voice note or you can WhatsApp or text 086-123-9595. Back in a moment. Leave a WhatsApp voice note on 086-123-9595. Live Drive with Gary Connor. Weekdays from four. With thanks to Limerick Motor Centre, your local main Hyundai dealer, Bally Simon Road. For your new or used car, check out limerickmotorcentre.ie. Looks like we're in for a cold spell. Perfect weather to chill out in a steaming seaweed bath on Sligo shores. Talk of scattered showers too. Perfect weather for sea swimming off the coast of Waterford. Sure you're already wet? It's fierce windy out there. Perfect weather to be swept off your feet on a romantic weekend in Cork City. Whatever the weather, it's always perfect weather to keep discovering. With great short breaks forecast right across Ireland, plan your next one now at discoverireland.ie.
An oasis of green catches your eye. Vibrant perennials bloom alongside quaint geraniums. The delicate scent of flora in the air. Welcome to DM Garden Centre, just 20 minutes from Limerick City. Our family run business is open seven days a week and offers a wide collection of indoor and outdoor plants, trees, seeds, and bulbs, giftware, as well as exceptional gardening advice and home delivery. Love your garden. Visit DM Garden Centre, Croke Limerick, or see dnmgardencentre.ie. The greatest football league on earth is here. Good to add. It's a holler! The Premier League Live, powered by Talk Sport. Go to live95.ie to join me, Trevor Welsh, for all the action. Energy. Every Saturday, I'll bring you commentary from the day's biggest games, exclusive interviews with the stars of the sport, and we'll break down all the major matchday talking points. Premier League Live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Listen exclusively online every Saturday. Download the Live 95 app or get the stream at live95.ie. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today. Limerick Today. Limerick Today with Joe Nash. Pope Francis has suggested the Catholic Church could bless same-sex couples and we're talking about this to Father Tony Flannery, Redemptorist uh, based in Newport. Uh, Father Roy Donovan is in Cahirconlish and uh, Karen Dempsey joins our conversation now. Good morning to you, Karen. Good morning, Joe. So tell us about the organisation that you're director of. So I have founded an organisation that is exists to serve people who've been ostracised, marginalised and otherwise left behind by traditional faith paths on the grounds of gender, sexual orientation, family status or any other reason, in particular survivors of institutional abuse as well. We have a lot of people who come to us for that reason. And it's to serve people who are seeking a connection with the God of their understanding and are seeking a form of participatory spirituality and are seeking to have their weddings and their milestone ceremonies in their lives celebrated with them in a way that is meaningful to them and in a way that reflects their faith. A lot of the people that come to us for ceremonies are LGBTQ plus people who are unable to be married within the church that they belong to, that they feel they belong to, that they were reared within the churches, their grandparents, their great grandparents. And that church will not allow their their marriage or their union to be recognized or blessed. It will welcome them when they're dead. It will welcome them for their funeral. It will, you know, their partner, their spouse can come to their funeral, but they cannot be married within the church because the the Vatican and the Catholic Church fundamentally refuses to recognise their marriage as the same as a marriage between... And and to be clear, these are people of faith, is that right? That They they want this and they want to ideally remain within their church? Yes. I mean, we serve everybody. I mean, we're extremely diverse. Diversity is is our core value and inclusion is our core value. But a lot of the people that do come to us to find for what they're seeking are people of faith. And they are deeply hurt by this continued refusal and denial of their relationship by the Catholic Church and by the Vatican. And it's beautiful to hear Father Donovan and Father Flannery speaking so so respectfully of, um, of the love and the relationships of LGBTQ plus couples, um, like that's beautiful, and that's what the church would be alive in a much more meaningful way now if there was more people like that, and if if that was the leadership. But the hierarchy is killing the Catholic Church. All these so, rules so, so coming down from on high. Think, then, Karen, of this apparent move—that's <laughs> as far as I think yeah. we can go—by Pope Francis. Yeah, yeah, 
I think uh, Father Donovan's uh, reference to the snakes and ladders is a very good description. It's, you know, for all of the intent and the efforts and the goodwill maybe that he's intending to show, at the end of the day, he also has said in this same statement that the policy has not changed, that it is only on a case-by-case basis and that um, marriages between same-sex couples are not equivalent to marriages between opposite-sex couples. He said this, and only two years ago in 2021, he signed off on a document that says, from the Vatican, that says that God cannot bless sin. So we cannot forget that with all of the talk of goodwill and good meaning and all of that, that we all want to believe in. At the end of the day, the bottom line is the Catholic Church considers um, gay couples and a homosexual lifestyle, uh, and I, I even use that word, that's a, that's a church word, um, any lifestyle outside of the heteronormative one, to be, in, it's considered intrinsically disordered. How can you feel welcomed within an institution that is telling you that your relationship, your marriage, uh, with the person that you have chosen to spend your life with, that that is intrinsically disordered. There's, I mean, it's, to me, this isn't about marriage, this is about love. And this is about creating hierarchies of love. It's, you know, that, that, that the love between two opposite sex people somehow is more meaningful than the love between two people of the same sex. So Karen, do you or non-binary? hold ceremonies? Is, is that part of what you do? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, we have... We are an organisation of 65 celebrants now um, who can hold legal marriage ceremonies all around the country for all couples, for everybody. Our baseline is, are you a person who believes in the good in yourself and others? Are you a person who believes in equality for everybody? Um, and that is, that, that's our fundamental core value is um, love, kindness, care for one another and, and equality and choice. And from your experience of talking to the people that you do who are so hurt by this, you know that some make the case, well, why would you want to be part of a church yeah. who believes yeah. this about you and about uh, your relationship? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that's that's the feeling of a huge number of Irish people at the moment. I mean, you reference people under 35. And I think, to be honest, our recent referendums and, and even the, um, the marriage equality referendum of 2015... We voted, was it 73%? Yes, it was an overwhelming yes from the people of this country of all ages, of all generations. That is a huge statement. We are a country that believes in the love of our people, that believes in family, that believes in um, respecting people for who they are and and in minding our own business, you know, to a large extent. Um, Once people are being loved, cared for and respected and everything is by consent and choice, Isn't that all anybody can ever hope for in any family? What would you say to those who make the argument to people um, who want to remain in the Catholic Church um, but their relationships are not recognised that the simple thing is just to leave it? Um, Or just to leave the church? Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that is the simple thing. We're having the, the discussion here. We're having is actually complex on us on a spiritual level, um, and I think we, we, were, we were referencing that earlier on. Like that, people there are people who have a very deep personal faith, and not everybody understands the experience of a deep personal faith. Um, for those people, it, it's a real testament to their faith that they're able to remain within an organisation that that does recognise them as intrinsically disordered. Um, I mean, I don't really understand it, to be honest. I couldn't remain a part of an organisation in any capacity that that makes me, that tells me that my fellow people are intrinsically disordered or of any that there's any hierarchy of worth. Like, I don't believe that the church can ever say, oh, you know, we're on the, you know, the poor and the rich are all on the same standard, but not gay people. Like, yeah. we cannot have a hierarchy oh, of worth. Oh, OK, well, I'd be interested to hear, uh, listener Declan is on the line. How are you, Declan? Hi, Joe. So what are your thoughts on what you've been hearing this morning and indeed what the Pope 
appears to be signalling? Well, I think a lot of good points this morning. And I think, you know, as it's, it's funny, Karen just mentioned under 35, as a member of the LGBTQ community under 35, I think, you know, something is better than nothing is a start. And I do think one has to give a certain degree of credit to Pope Francis for the fact that he's also dealing with the doctrine of papal infallibility, which was made up by the Vatican in the 1870s uh, when they were in a political dispute with the government of Germany, which kind of says nothing a pope says when he pronounces officially can ever be wrong, which means that Pope Francis can come out and say, so a pope 100 years ago was an idiot changing the rules. He can't do that and remain pope. He'd be undermining the authority of the papacy. So it is always... It would be a pretty remarkable change. thing if he described a uh, previous pope as an idiot. Yes. <laughs> <I've obviously laughs> In public, seen, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, well, whatever he might <laughs> be saying over a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. But I do think as well, um, and Karen has touched on it, but I think as well, we, we can't forget that this is the same pope who, within a couple of months of each other a few years ago, spoke very passionately about his fears of the rise of sort of far-right politics around the world and then condemned the concept of being transgender as sin when, you know, trans rights are pretty much the reg issue being used by far-right political parties for recruitment. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of joined-up thinking going on here. And I do think I'd be inclined towards what, what you say yourself, Joe, of, well, if you're, if you're in a same-sex relationship and you're a member of a church that won't bless that, condemns that, says it's sin, why not simply leave? Uh, but one does have to keep in mind, as Karen says, that, that faith is a very complex thing and people can't just maybe give up on their belief they've held all their life. But also, to get theological for a second, um, there's no real reason why a Christian church has to be homophobic. There are other Christian churches that are not. Um, the only uh, sort of interdiction against homosexual relationships in the Bible is in the Old Testament when Christianity is supposed to be based on the New Testament because Christ's sacrifice on the cross created a new covenant with the Christian people. Mm. And the the reason that many churches have moved away from that, that's in Leviticus, that's a man uh, should not lie with another man as he would with a woman or he shall be stoned is that it's generally believed to be a translation error, and in the earliest available written Bibles we have, yeah. it says a man shall not lie but, with a boy. But, but on, on, um, on top of that, no, and, and I'm, I'm conscious that there are people um, far more educated in this area than I, but it is fair to say that if you start taking the Old Testament literally, we'll be yeah, doing some very strange things, won't we? You won't, you won't be wearing mixed linens, for starters, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, precisely, Joe, precisely. A lot of it, a lot of it is very outdated and I think in many ways the Catholic Church has been at the forefront of, of thought on saying hey we need to move with the times except on these issues for some reason yeah. but I also think and I mentioned I'm under 35 I probably know about 10 people who are practicing Catholics and most of those 10 people are also very very traditionalist conservative far right politically in other ways um, I think I think it has fallen out of favour yeah. and I do think the, a large chunk of why the, is not the belief yeah. the, only, the only thing about this I suppose um is that for a very long time it, there was fierce debate in this country about the separation of the Catholic Church and the state. And I, I suppose the corollary of that is that if that happens, then mm -hmm. there are those within the Catholic Church who argue, well, that's okay then, but we're allowed in our club or whatever you want to describe it as to have the rules we want to have. To be honest, Joe, I think I think those people are right. Uh, to quote Jesus himself, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Yeah, if we have a proper separation of church and state, then a church should absolutely, you know, not be forced or into a position where it has to take on beliefs that are contradictory to what it does, as long as it, you know, acts within 
within the remits of sort of human rights law. It's not violating the law. Yeah. And I think that's certainly I think that's certainly fine. I think if, if it's an opt-in club, so to speak, uh, then people can simply choose not to opt in if it clashes I, with them. I, but you have to remember that even with the separation of church and state we have, you know, within our lifetimes, I had a Catholic education in a state school, uh, so it's never been an opt-in club. Well, well you know, that's, you that's believe, a ve- I think that's a you know? really interesting point. I just want to bring Father Roy in on that very point. In Ireland, truthfully, the culture of the country remains extremely influenced by our recent history and the connection of the Catholic Church. And there are still a lot of people who, who want that, aren't there? Yes, and, and you know, it, it strikes me that um, we uh, it's, it's an old word, conversion. We all have to undergo massive change. Sorry, I don't know what was going on there. Can you still hear me? I can, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, that that we have to undergo massive change. We have to. We all have to work very strongly, um, as as um, everyone in the Catholic Church and especially as, as hierarchy as has been mentioned. Um, that, that we're all being educated. I mean, here in Ireland, uh, as uh, your speakers there have uh, have spoken so well, that that. There's huge change ongoing. There's massive changes uh, at every level, and many people don't take on board these changes. They want black and white positions, and um, you, you can't be like that anymore in, in the modern world. You have to work very hard at your mindsets, at, at the assumptions we have made about so many things. And you know, Pope Francis has encouraged this from the very, very beginning. Speak out boldly. You know that he he's able for criticism and 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 uh, welcomes um, criticism. And, and if, you, if if you were a betting man, would you say that fifteen years from now, twenty years from now, the Catholic Church will have radically different teachings on some of these issues, or is it more likely that it won't? However irrelevant it appears to be coming, um, in, to, to be becoming in society. Well, well, if it doesn't catch up with Jesus Christ, it's going nowhere. And Paul got Jesus Christ very well. He said, in Christ, there's neither a slave or free person, uh, male or female, and everyone is equal. But I mean, the argument is they've had over 2,000 years to catch up with Jesus Christ. I know, but but we haven't done it. (laughs) This is the opportunity uh, for the first time. I mean, Jesus opened up the whole... Uh, ministry to women and men and in, in all that was possible for him the culture at the time and apparently after the, in, in the first 10 or 15 years after he'd gone they, um, there was this openness and then the male patriarchal hierarchical structures uh, shut out women and all other um, I, I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I accept you may not want to answer this question and that's fair enough uh-huh. I, don't, I don't want to get you fired but would Jesus be a member of the Catholic Church today? Um, I think he would have enormous difficulty because it's not practicing human rights. It's not practicing um, equality and treating everyone equally. And all the, uh, because all the, stru- uh, so many of our structures and governing practices do not allow for equality. And, and you know, um, women have had no voice in the Catholic Church up until now. Uh, it's only beginning, but I mean, it's. Uh, but uh, I, I couldn't see how Jesus would be. He he would um, 
he'd be gone, I think. <laughs> would, would he upturn the tables in the temple? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. All right. Father Roy Donovan, um, priest in Karakondish. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you to Father Tony Flannery, Redemptorist. Thank you to Karen Dempsey, Director of Entheos Ireland. And thank you to our listener, Declan, for a really interesting debate on this. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.